and the clock has started. Pixel Life. This is episode 137, recording April 19th, 2021. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we are going to be discussing Sony's latest 180 degree turn uh, survival games, question mark, uh, episode five goodness uh, of Falcon and Winter Soldier, Shang-Chi trailer goodness, I can talk, uh, Nindy World directs, more tangents, I'm sure, will be plentiful. Uh, and to do all of that, I have with me as always Mr. Shannon Moore. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. I'm trying to figure out if the math is off of my head. If we're in 136 or 137, I, this is like an ongoing joke now for us. I think. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think it is 136. I jumped the gun. It's okay. I mean, we we're can go into the future. Recording from the future. <laughs> stonks by stonks. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing how how Doge totally collapsed. I know, well, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm eating out of a shoebox now. It's gross. I mean, <laughs> at least it's leather, so you know you get some animal. I mean, product. Elon Musk is already like systematically taking us out one by one by having his robotic cars just spontaneously <laughs> crash and explode on people. Yeah. Soon. Too soon? Oh, maybe. Uh, oh, it's a it's a joke in the future. You'll laugh at, but like right now, it's not that funny. It's kind of dark. Speaking of flaming car wreckage, also on the podcast, <laughs> Mister Justin Time Carter. Justin, how you doing? Good. I mean, I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in your thirties, isn't your life just like a flaming dumpster fire, or like a a dumpster fire to begin with? So. Yeah. I mean, I did, today was uh, my first day back to work after a week-long vacation, and then coming back to, like, 300 emails and realizing that, like, people fucked up a bunch of my stuff, and I had to go in and fix a bunch of stuff, but... Hmm. Uh, What's the weather like out there in Arizona right now? It's okay. It's been getting, like, during the, like, the morning, it's pretty nice, and then by, like, the afternoon, it's been hitting, like, the high 80s like 88 i think it was even like 90 the one day so we're getting we're getting in the summer boys yep yep uh we're getting rain this week oh no dude that's a <laughs> see in arizona that'd be a problem because since we don't see rain when it starts raining everyone freaks the fuck out on the road because <laughs> no one knows what it is and then everyone's like hydroplaning like into each other or driving like six miles an hour on the road that that and the whole flash flood in the middle of the desert thing. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, people out in California, like when they see rain, they just say fuck it and throw caution to the wind and they just drive it like the same. They just drive the same way because they know they have insurance that will cover like their out of work expenses. So they're just like, forget it. I get a free vacation. Who cares if my leg is messed up? <laughs> uh, you're like, hit me. Hit me. How uh, dare you? <laughs> uh, so... I had something happen this week. Uh, we're not going to have a control segment this week because uh, while my my lovely co-hosts definitely played their share, I did not 
because my PS5 did something really weird. I was about an hour into a game of Control the other night, and all of a sudden, the screen just went black, and then it popped up and said it was going into rest mode, right from the middle of a game. And I went, okay, uh, thinking, did I hit something, something go weird? Uh, my uh, PS5 then proceeds to not go into rest mode. It just stays on that screen for like five minutes. I just left it to see what would happen. Um, at which point the PS5 got really hot and loud. So I pulled the plug on it. And then it rebuilt itself and now just spontaneously puts itself in rest mode every 15 minutes or so. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got to call into Sony. Um, um, seeing I might have to ship my PS5 out and get it repaired. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and see, the problem is I would have to restart control on my PS4 to get back there, which I'm probably I'm I'm waiting to hear if they have a solution. If I have to box it up, I'm going to restart control because wow. it was a bummer. And it happened at like, you know, I'm up at like midnight playing because it's like the only time I have is my daughter's birthday this week. So I had like zero time to do all this. And uh, yeah, it was it was not a fun way to go to bed. I'll just put it that way. No, that I would have been so heated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. yeah. So seen, I, was, I mean, I've been playing, <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing on my PC. Uh, and um, yeah, that, I mean, I think now that I see the light of the, uh, the PC gaming ways, I, I think I'm definitely, that's like my platform of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're speaking things that happened this week at the house that like sent you in a dimension of pissed off you had never been in before, uh, I bought a uh, water purification system for my girlfriend's house, um, and we put it in. I uh, had it in, you know, we had it installed and put it in. Um, it's by GE, made by GE, so I thought I was getting like a pretty, like you know, I mean GE's been around for a while, uh, you know, and all their shits usually pretty good. Um, so I bought it, uh, put it, installed it. Uh, I ordered a filter because apparently when you order a water filtration system from GE, they don't send out the filter. You got to se- order it separately. Something I didn't know about. Like so already, like I'm not liking this expensive purchase I just made. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ordered this filter. It comes. I take it out of the envelope that it came in. Mind you, it came from Indiana. Uh, I take it out of the envelope and like the little fins on the top just like fell off. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. But maybe I could put the filter in without locking it in place. So I take the handle on the front, and there's these two silver tabs on the side. I go to lift it up, and it rockets the plastic holder for the cartridge out of the bottom of the thing. I already I di- discharged the line, so there's no pressure in it. But oh. this thing still like rocketed out, bounced off the ground, and then right back up into the air. And I caught it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. It didn't break. And then I look on the side, and there's this big old, like, crack down the side. And I was like, son oh, of a no. bitch. So now I'm out, like, the, the the plastic case and the filter. And I called GE, and I was like, look, what is going on with this? Uh, can I get just a plastic, the plastic housing on the bottom? They said, no, you got to buy the whole thing over again. We don't sell the parts individually for that thing. 
I, I mean, like, you can send me a return label and take this piece of shit right back. Like, yeah, so I'm about ready to rip the goddamn thing off the wall and, yeah. like, just send it back to GE and, like, 100 unrecognizable pieces. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm a little pissed off right now. I'm dealing with that. Wow, that's awful. Man, you guys had rough weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. those suck. This is life in your 40s, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Justin, make us feel better. How how was uh how was Magic the Gathering release weekend? So yes, for those of you, if you're keeping track on the uh, Magic front, Strixhaven came out, and I went and I picked up my $300 worth of Magic cards from the game store. And opened them all with Megan this past weekend, and it was pretty funny because she what she likes to do is she likes to open the packs, and then what she basically does is she opens it, goes through it, whatever is like cool, and then hands me the stack of cards, and then I sit there on the desk and I sort everything out into the color piles so that it's easier to go through, and then it's numerically easier for me to sit there and put them in my little book and stuff, and. I was telling her the entire time, I was like, the one card I really want to pull is the new Liliana. Because Liliana is, like, one of my favorite Planeswalkers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want her. And we're sitting there, and we go through two boxes and didn't get a Liliana. And she's like, well, do you have anything left? And I'm like, well, I have the six pre-release, like, little boxes, which each have six boosters, which all equal about, like, one booster box. And she's like, all right, do you want to open those? And I was like, yeah, we can open them. So, opened all of them, uh, no Liliana, and I was like, oh. like god damn, I was like, dude, literally went over like 100 boosters, no Liliana. So then we're sitting there sorting the cards, and she's like handing me the cards to put into the book, and I like go to put this one card in the book, and I look at the spot above it, and fucking Liliana's in the book. And I'm like, Megan pulled it, didn't tell me, and then snuck it into the book, knowing that I would see it. While putting the cards in the book. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> mm, like, mm. I was like, you got me. And she's like, was that cute? I was like, yeah, it was real fucking cute. Like, <laughs> but I was happy that I did get the Liliana. So, Well, that's awesome. And and tip of the cap to you, sir, for uh, gifting Shannon and myself six packs in the Magic the Gathering arena. Yeah, did you guys uh, redeem them? Did you get anything I did. Good? did. I don't know if I got anything good. But uh, as far as like cool rares or anything, but the set looks super interesting so far. Dude, what's funny is I redeemed my six on Arena, and a lot of the like rares that I got were cards that I was missing the actual physical versions of. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like all the shit that I didn't pull in physical cards, I was getting in there. I was like, come on, man, like rubbing it in. But uh, yeah, the set's pretty cool. Like it's interesting because uh, like the main focus, there's like you know the different um colleges and stuff and different like color like green black and like red blue like the is it colors and stuff and like the ones like, a lot of like uh spirit eccentric like putting spirit tokens in the play and boosting spirits and then the other ones a lot of one one counters on stuff and then ones like copying instants and sorceries and so it's pretty interesting how they all kind of like have general yeah, there's themes like a card there's there's a type of sorcery now called a lesson, and mm -hmm. uh, one of the cards was like, um, yeah, you can grab a, you can exile a card and grab a lesson that's not in the game and play yeah. it. And I was like, how do they do that in Arena? Does this like my inventory come up or? Um, I I think it would be from your sideboard. 
Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, you would like yeah. like you would build like in your sideboard or whatever, put like some lessons or something to pull from. And then the other thing I saw that was really interesting was because usually in uh, any type of standardized play, the card limit on any certain card is four. Um, but there's a card called Dragon's Approach that I got uh, two of, but it's like you can just have as many of them in your deck as you want. And if there's five of them or no, it's, it's you, you pay for and burn that card. And then I think if you remove four of them from your graveyard, you exile four of them from your graveyard, you get a five, five dragon that is flying and trample or something like that. So I first read that description. I'm like, but wait, that means I would have to have five of these. Like that doesn't work. <laughs> then I like the last line on the card is you can have as many of these in your deck as you want. And I'm like, Oh shit. All right. You know, that's kind of cool. It's an Dude, interesting that's... breaking of the rules. Yeah. I was like, there's a couple cards that do like, I think there's one, it's like an older card, but it's called like relentless rats. And it's like, you can have okay. as many copies of relentless rats as you want. And then it's like relentless rats gets like, I think plus one or plus one or something for each card called relentless rats on the field. So you could sit there and build a deck with like 40 relentless rats and like 20 swamps or something and try and like get a huge board of rats. And then, uh, there was one other, and I thought that was super interesting how they had multiple. And, and I know it plays to the like different schools in Strixhaven, but how instead of the cross color cards being, you know, one, like one blue and one red and two other or something, it was like, you can pay with either blue or red. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't yeah, have to be yeah, the split cost thing I thought was pretty cool. So there's some interesting mechanics in there. Um, yeah. I haven't dug into the set enough to figure figure out if it's like a good set or not, but there's cool mechanics. Yeah, I really like the... Uh, they also added in the set the historical archive cards, mm. which are like the interesting board. Where it's like the, a lot of the older cards that they're not playable in standard, but they're playable like in historic on arena and stuff and in like modern and stuff. And oh, yeah, paper. I got uh, a stone rain. I got yeah. one of those. Yeah. yeah which, which I opened that. I'm like, oh, shit, stone rain. Like, I remember that from way back. Yeah, and they have like lightning bolts and ops mm. and a uh, bunch of good stuff from uh but the art on it, I love the art that they did for all the, like the art's so good. And the Japanese alternate art is so gorgeous. And, and uh, it's like, I the, wish. The border cards, which are really cool, I yeah. think. So pretty neat. Pretty cool stuff. Shannon, have you checked out your packs at all? Shannon. Shannon. I have problems with my uh, um, game. Uh, and it still has problems because uh, I remember I got is it because they is it because they had you download like five gigs of shit right when you open it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was think like, that's what it is. Like my, it's it says my client's outdated, and I'm like, and I went and updated it, and it still says it's up it's outdated. Oh, so I will tell you to use the codes that Justin gave us. You need to use that on the desktop. Oh, okay. There, there's no place to put codes in on. Uh, on the uh, mobile iPhone, yeah. On the well, then I guess I'm just gonna have to wait until next weekend. You should, but it uh, it's good. You should do it. Um, all right. Well, that uh, that ends our kvetching and Magic the Gathering minutes, I guess. Um, so shall we talk about Sony's quick little 180 that was announced today? So we we got a little lucky. Uh, 
it was my daughter's birthday, like I had mentioned, and we had the first family gathering that we've had in like a year at my house yesterday. And I think people were having so much fun, they didn't want to leave. So it pushed this recording from yesterday to today. But uh, we got a little lucky in that regard because some stuff happened today that we get to talk about now. One of those things being... Uh, Sony kind of coming out of nowhere being like, hey, you remember all that stuff about us turning off Vita and PS3 downloads? Yeah, we're, we're not going to do that. We're just going to let you keep buying PS3 and Vita games. And and Twitter rejoiced. Did you guys have a reaction at all? No. Uh, like when I saw it, I almost thought, I know a video came out or something of someone where what was it? I don't even think it was the PS3 or something. I think it was like the PS4 that they went into and they removed like the internal, like they killed the battery or something for like the internal clock or something. And that like stops you from even being able to play like physical games and stuff like that because like it can't connect to like the Sony server or whatever, even though it's like, it shouldn't necessarily need to. And stuff. So people were saying that like if that battery like ever dies, you basically can't like do anything like in your console ever and stuff. So they were getting some heat for that. Wow, that's a bummer. Yeah, I mean there were some good games uh, that I can remember on the Vita um, that I played, uh, but I can't imagine anything on the PlayStation Three or the Vita that I want to play now. What do you mean, Heavenly Swords? Like your game of the year, Shannon? It was a great game for when I played it. Let's slow but... down. Let's slow down. It's not a great game. But... <laughs> uh, well, okay. It was a great game because there was nothing else to play when it came out for the PlayStation 3. Let's, so not, take, let's, not, let's not bring adjectives into this, <laughs> Shannon. It was a game that came it's out like, for the PS3. It's, it's like an Office 10 Real World 3, right? Mm, I mean... <laughs> mm. All right. All right. I gotcha. Okay. Any port in the storm is what I'm saying, my friend. <laughs> Jesus. That, that is what you, Shannon Moore, are saying. Yes, Shannon. And not Justin and not myself. Just Shannon. I will die on this hill, my friend. For the record. <laughs> oh, you will. Oh, you will. Don't worry. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it, what... Do you think was do you think it was just the amount of negative publicity that they were getting um, because they were shutting down these servers, or do you think it was the revenue that they peop- from that they saw from people downloading games? Well, it's, it's funny you mention that because a friend of the show, Steve Wittekamp, and myself were talking about it on Twitter today, and he was like, "The cynical part of me uh, thinks it's only because." they saw the huge number of digital purchases that were made in the last couple of weeks when they made the announcement that they're keeping the store up. And I, and I told him like, no, the real cynical part of me says the numbers uh, for keeping those servers up is cheaper than the bad PR they're going to get for shutting it down. And he, it's one of those, like the truth is probably somewhere in between both of us. Like I guarantee you in a boardroom, it, you know, 10 miles away from my house at Sony headquarters, there's probably a whiteboard with a graph on it. And here's like the break even line where the, the money it's costing to keep these servers operational and the like money, all this negative PR is going to cost you in sales, you know? And like, they're like, Oh, the dot is here. 
<laughs> it's above the server line. So let's just keep those servers on. Or it was like, hey, um, yeah, we're going to uh, shut down all these servers and cause all this issues, but we're going to be able to put one of our new gen games on these servers. Uh, what can we put on it? And they're like, well, you can add 10 more people to Warzone, uh, yeah. you know, because <laughs> like the games now are so big. I mean, those Vita games uh, and those PlayStation 3 games are so tiny yeah. in comparison. Yeah, that was going to I mean, be the joke I was going to make. It's like, well, they're, they're putting another patch out for Warzone, so we need, like, a whole rack space <laughs> just, to, just to run it. Yeah. Yeah, by, the way, just, uh... by the way, of all the modern problems, can, can someone at Activision figure out how to not have Warzone be, like, 700 fucking gigs? Like, what the fuck? Like, why is every patch 120 gigs? Like... Well, you know, you need those flashy skins and you need, um, you know, high res graphics when you die on that rooftop. But can't we just keep that all server side? Like, why does that need to be my my shit? You know, like, I don't understand. I got to log into a server to, to do it. Heavy is the burden of somebody who plays Warzone. <laughs> That's why, my friend, I am unburdened when it comes to this. Well, OK, let me ask you this, because I'm actually I don't know. So you play the the mobile version a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. More than the console version at this point, would you say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have to down like is that a, a download every time you log into it? Like, do you need like when you first install it? Do you have to download a big massive thing? Um, I wouldn't say it's a um, a massive file, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. probably about like five to ten gigs worth of information that's going to your phone, and it's usually just the maps and the skins. Okay. Um, and your phone basically holds all of the information for your character. So if you have skins for weapons, loadouts uh-huh. for either the battle royale or the multiplayer, because like they're two different uh, areas. Um, so all your loadouts, all your weapon skins, all the characters that you've unlocked, like basically all go to your phone. And when there's a new update, you have to like re-download them to your phone. Um, so like we just went into season three uh, on Saturday. And I mm-hmm. had to just re-download all of the stuff that I had won or uh, accumulated over the past two seasons. Okay. Well, that's because that's similar to how uh, Magic Gathering Arena is. Like the first time you open that up on your phone, it's it's a download. Like it's mm-hmm. one of those like I mean I was being facetious for, but I, I want to say it's like two gigs that is downloaded. And and you know the phone's not a computer. That's that's some actual real estate on a phone. You mm-hmm. know like. So, uh, yeah, it's substantial. It's crazy to me that they haven't figured out a way to like make that server side. But I don't know. I think it's uh, uh, it's kind of like a gray area with, you know, it being free to play, but you purchasing skins and and things like that. I think, uh, you know, that is kind of like your I, I don't know. I know they give you the license to play the game, but I think the skins and things that you earn is considered kind of like your um like portion of the the game you know like your mm-hmm. physicalness like the physicality of it like like with a physical copy you would have the cd right or the dvd sure um, sure I, I just think that that's your your stake in it right gotcha i mean that makes sense but we got off topic but still i found that i found that type of stuff pretty interesting mm-hmm. um yeah especially with like the apple arcade um you know doing their thing i mean like i don't really think i've seen anything from the apple arcade store like make me sub- download a substantial patch no no yeah but then in the apple arcade point it usually just and if you download an update it just 
updates the entire thing. It like replaces the info, whole file. It's not like patching it. So that might just be a different. I'm not. Might just be a different thing. Um, Justin, is uh, the iOS version of Negative Space going to take up a lot of my internal hard drive? You know how much it's going to take up exactly zero of your internal hard drive. <laughs> okay. I think it's been That's so good. long since he's worked on negative space. He forgot he had a game that he was developing. Cause did you see that blank look on his face for like yeah. the first like few seconds? <laughs> I was like, I was like, did that, I was like, did that just come out on switch or something? I'm like, what? Why does that sound familiar? Oh wait, shit. That's my game. <laughs> I talk about playing. Did I talk about playing that last, last week? What do we, Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh just enhances. Um anyway. I also just wanted to play you know the you know the real thing, Justin? Can 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 I keep it one hundred with you as the children say for a second? Yes. I just want to play negative space. It looks rad. Like that's that's why I'm giving you all this guff. I just wanna I just wanna play the damn game, man. Like come on, what's the hold up? I know you got four huskies. It's one of those things. It'll be like it'll be like the monkeys with a thousand typewriters. Just get get them smashing on keyboards. The dogs will eventually come out with some levels. <laughs> you know, it'll be great. You give four huskies a keyboard in a game maker studio. Eventually, they'll make negative space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean it's but, already in the right so, color palette, right? I mean, yeah. the, do- the dogs have the right colors. Already, I do have a know. thing for black and white. Uh, but but seriously though, I think I think negative space looks rad, and I just want to play the damn thing. So that's that's why I teach you. I'm trying I'm trying the tough love angle just to like hopefully it spurs you forward, you know. And I just hate you. That's why I tease you. No. Well, <laughs> I mean, you got to get your looks in while you can, Shannon. I know. Usually, I'm the one that's getting whipped, so you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's gonna be the saddest day in Shannon's life when Negative Space hits 1.0, and you're gonna have like nothing left over to hold over Justin. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh. Maybe that's why Justin's doing it because he's such a good friend that like he's just like, if I do this, it's gonna destroy Shannon. I can't. I can't put this out. It's like Shannon. Yeah. Shannon. Shannon needs needs something right now. I just. I can't. I can't do it to Shannon like this. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So the other thing that happened today, out of fucking nowhere, Marvel Studios dropped the Shang-Chi trailer and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, on us. Uh, a teaser trailer, not the full trailer, but we got the release date. We got that it's going to be theaters only. And uh, I'm... You know, I will be totally honest. I'm not the biggest uh, Shang-Chi comic book reader. Like, I only ever read his character when they would have, like, Avengers crossovers and stuff like that. So I'm not all that familiar. Uh, But this looks rad. Like, you know what what it does that I think they kind of had to nail? The Kung Fu part of it looks freaking awesome. Like the the fighting part of it. And it's like, yeah, if your whole superhero <laughs> is based on this guy is the best hand to hand combat dude in the MCU, that's like his whole shtick, you you better come with the goods when 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 the fighting starts. And when the fighting started, yeah, there were the goods. I liked it. I was on board. Uh 
Justin, your thoughts? Yeah, that's what was crazy when it came out. Because I initially, like, I did not, I've never read Shang-Chi. Like, I knew really nothing about it except that, you know, it was, he's kind of like, I guess, like street level, like, you know, martial arts. Um, I initially did not give a shit, like, about this movie. And then this trailer came, and I watched it multiple times, and I'm like, I feel like this is what Immortal Iron Fist should have been. <laughs> And I was like, dude, the combat was great. Like the all having the all Asian cast and stuff makes it seem like really mm-hmm. authentic and dope. And I I like walked away from it kind of like how I felt with Mortal Kombat, where I was like, I wasn't interested in this at all. And now I'm like hyped as fuck for it. Like it looks yeah. so good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like uh, I was gonna make an Iron Fist joke, uh, but um, I feel that if they in the preview, they had that, like, bus driving down the street just, like, hitting every car and uh, Aquafina sitting in the driver's seat. I feel if they don't make a speed reference in that in that shot, it's a missed opportunity. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the whole, like, all, I have no idea who this guy is, like, what his shtick is in the Marvel Universe, like, but it looks like a dope martial arts movie, so I'm I'm down. Well, and that was the thing, that really, more than anything awful writing aside that's why iron fist failed like the fighting sucked you Mm. know like on top of like i'm supposed to believe this guy is one of the most lethal people on the planet with his hands nah dude like like fucking jake paul look like he could beat him up you know like what are we doing here with our time yeah he um I mean, there was a lot of problems with Iron Fist, so I don't fault, like, the actor for a lot of the, the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that they, like, kind of schlepped that thing together in, like, less than six months is astounding. Uh, well, not really astounding, because, like, look at the quality of the product. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, there's a reason why those shows on Netflix got canceled. And, you know, I think this you, uh, this has the potential to be, like, one of those summer, summer blockbusters. And I, I think it what, comes out June. No, September, right? September 3rd. September okay. 3rd. So, yeah, at the end of the summer season, I think it'll be a good bookend to the uh, Marvel madness that's going to happen this summer. And and the thing I like is, you know, I mean, I know they've been experimenting with Disney Plus and all that. They say theaters only. Theaters only. And, and I'm like, y- you know what? That's where I want my Marvel movies. I want them back in the theater. Like, people will be vaccinated by then. Things will be fine. You know? I, you know, I don't. Um, you know, if it's one thing that the, uh, the year of COVID has taught me is that I like watching my movies at home. Uh, I got a good TV. You don't like going to the movies with me anymore? Is that what this is? You just don't want to go hang out with your boy? Like, go see some... (laughs) He's like, no. Yeah, he's like, nah, not really. (laughs) Jesus. like... I got a PB and J in one hand, watermelon Mountain Dew in the other, HBO Max on the TV. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can eject the people out of the room that I want to eject in my, you know, abode. Uh, so you know, fine. It's just, you know. Yeah. Right, well, I was gonna me say, and Justin, my... me, oh. me and Justin will uh, be reviewing it on, you know, that week's show, and Shannon can join <laughs> us in six months. It'll be fine. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll bring my phone into the theater and record it for you, Shannon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying I'm not going to succumb to peer pressure, uh, but you know, I'm just you know, my my preference is now to to be at home and enjoy it at home if I can. Uh, yeah. 
that being said, uh, you know, I, I did miss seeing Kong versus Godzilla on a big screen because I think that is a movie that would definitely benefit from being seen on a big screen. But I have liked the hey, fact that I've seen you know it would like benefit you know what would benefit that movie mm. it being a better movie. Did you find <laughs> it? <laughs> Were you Them's... so starved for? Were you so starved for a good movie that you needed to like just you know find something that wasn't a depressing like docu series turned into I, a movie? I don't think you understand the love I have for the kaiju, <laughs> Shannon. Like, I you know I that's fine. I just feel that like King Kong got like the raw deal in that whole movie. I mean, like he was getting electrocuted, he was getting drowned. He was getting the crap kicked out of him. Like, I mean, like, the dude didn't have a freaking minute. Every time Godzilla walked into the scene, he was, like, wrecking shop or wrecking King Kong's face. And then, like, for, like, Godzilla to finally start getting the shit kicked out of him, and then, like, King Kong, not even being a threat to Godzilla anymore, like, comes out of nowhere and, like, I don't know, just distracts Mechagodzilla for all of, like, enough time for actual Godzilla to get in there and do some damage. Like, King Kong was useless. King Kong was a big monkey turd the whole movie. That's all I got to say. Like, just did not impress me at all. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening <laughs> to that Pixel Life over the years. This is our last show. Uh... So, was, is that like your feelings? Is that your full review of the movie, Shannon? I finished watching that movie. Okay, so look, like you guys, I feel I feel I was a little uh, not yeah, lying to you. Do but... Let's do this right now. All right, yeah. Tell me. <laughs> so what, like, I mean, you took... so I was halfway through that movie, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and you guys were like, you guys, you're getting to the best part. This is gonna be awesome. Like the whole like last hour of this movie is a fight, right? It's gonna be an awesome fight. You're gonna be super into it. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, there's this whole like Middle Earth, like core Earth, like bullshit sequence where like they. King Kong like falls down a mountain for like 15 minutes and you're just like Jesus Christ he finally lands inside this crevasse and like the first thing that happens is he gets the shit choked out of him by this snake with wings like gets the wings like wrapped over his face he's like it might as well have been in a plastic bag like trying to fight his way out of that thing because he's useless then like the humans come in shoot some shit at this stupid snake thing that like gets it all pissed off and it finally lets go for like a second and then King Kong like beats the shit out of it and like eats its head like dude like uh, yeah i would be a little upset too if i like fell down a mountain and then got my shit choked by a snake for like you know and almost ended my life might as well have choked on a damn pita chip at that point for all i care just not good not good so like there's this whole fucking head off and eats it yeah, like, and what, then there's like, this whole segment in the middle where King Kong's walking around, like, sitting on a throne with an axe that looks like, I don't know, um, I don't even know what it was. It was like a stick, and, like, it looked like a, a, a bandsaw, or, like, a, a scale saw blade that, like, got it, broken off and was stuck it in was, there. It was one of Godzilla's scales. <sighs> Dude, whatever. It looks stupid as hell. Uh, and then, like, you know, he's sitting there, like, you know, like, thinking that he's all king shit, like, whatever, like... Godzilla blows a hole right down there. It's like, I see you, bitch. Like, come fight me. And then he goes up there with the axe, like, with Godzilla's, like, scale in it or whatever. And, like, swings it and, like, maybe hits him once with it. And Godzilla's like, huh, that's cute. Let me, like, mess your face up now. And, like, just wrecks him. Like, puts him into the ground. 
And like King Kong is like staring at him, and he's like yelling, or like you know, he screams. Nah, and God, nah, like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you what happened. King Kong climbs back up with the axe, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty good fight ensues. King Kong buries the axe in Godzilla's head, and then he got confident. He got cocky. He started. He's like, yeah, job's done. I'm just gonna crap, take a nap here on this building. Life's good. You know, it's it's a classic horror movie thing where he didn't make sure the villain was dead. You know, next thing you know, Godzilla's like, oh, great. All you did was piss me off. All right. We're really going to fight now. And <laughs> caught, caught him slipping. I mean, hey, we, we've all been there. We've all we've all thought we got the job done only to, to find out. No, no the job wasn't even half done. <laughs> so I, I mean, I just I, I, I was I it was not as impressive as I thought it was going to be is all I'm saying. Like, you know, I, I, okay. First off, King Godzilla being based off of the brain patterns of King Ghidorah was badass. Like they had one of the King Ghidorah skulls that they were like mapped all of the AI from. I thought that was sick as hell. Um, I didn't, to be fair to your point, I didn't really get how or why the pilot got fried in that situation (laughs) like there didn't really seem to be a way to electrocute him necessarily but you know whatevs it's a movie um also that fight was awesome like hong kong just got destroyed trillions of dollars in damage just leveled that city got and and i was here for it i liked it it was good i thought that was a little like you, you were saying it to hurt my feelings, but when you <laughs> said it, that Godzilla was just like, oh, I, I feel Kong in the middle of the earth. I'm just going to blow a hole right through the middle of the earth and be like, hi, bitch, what's up? I thought that was fucking rad. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> hell yeah, look at him. He's boring a hole right into the middle of the goddamn planet. This is badass. And you're like sitting there, you know, eating your combos and popcorn, <laughs> being like, this is some bullshit. I think your expectations were were wrong. They're in the middle. They're in the middle of the earth. And like this chick finds some key signature that they need to make this Mechagodzilla thing work on a permanent level. And like, they are able to send it like with some type of Bluetooth signal or some shit. I can't even get my fucking earbuds 20 feet away from my cell phone to sync up. Like how the hell are they getting this thing back all the way from the core of the earth? <laughs> Dude, like, shit, like, they had a plane that was like a fucking hover bean that went to King Kong fucking Kaiju Island, like, and that's the part that you're getting hung up on is how they sent of energy signature from I the mean, core of the, the earth to pin. Tokyo. That's the whole linchpin of like Mecha Godzilla, right? Like they need that to get Mecha Godzilla to work. I mean, it just seemed like a far stretch. Like they didn't even need the people that were there. Like they get like they get crushed. Like, you know, like, right as they send the signal. I mean, it just seems a little convenient at that point. Like, uh, you know, I'm just saying. That's that's all that's all I got. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, your critiques are not wrong. I just feel like you're, you're coming at it from a place of... Ex- very high expectations. Like this is <laughs> no, no. I don't even have movie. high expectations like, of this movie. <laughs> I mean, like that. I um, wanted to. Okay. See, I, 
I if wanted you're expecting. So if you're the expecting human, the human quote, even, things to quote unquote make sense, those are high expectations. <laughs> the humans shouldn't even have been in this movie. Like the humans should have no. been gone. Yes. Like this should like King Kong should have been on his island. Godzilla should have been swimming around the ocean, been like, oh dude, there's some shit over here. I'm gonna go check this out. And then they fight on the goddamn island. And then, like, you know, they wreck shop. Like, that should have been the, the whole movie. It's just them, like, beating the crap out of each other on an island. Not them beating well, the crap out of each other. And then, like, Godzilla just, like, beating the shit out of King Kong. And then... If it makes you feel better, if it makes you feel better, hundreds of millions of people died in this movie. You, you just <laughs> didn't see it necessarily, but, try, but there were lots of deaths. So. I wanted to see Mechagodzilla in the movie for more than, like, ten minutes. Well, now you know how people felt when they watched Godzilla 2014. Because <laughs> he was only in that for only 10 minutes. So Yeah. I was like, as someone who watched the movie four times, I I didn't, I enjoy it. I honestly think King of Monsters is better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my main gripe with this movie is that I felt like Although what Mechagodzilla did was dope, like he had the typical Mechagodzilla shit, he had the spinning tail drill thing, like everything that he did was total Mechagodzilla. The fact that his torso was so scrawny pissed me off because Mechagodzilla literally looks identical to Godzilla in size and shape, everything. And this time his head was fucking huge and then he had like some scrawny ass body and then like and I was like, why does he look so small? When he's supposed to be the exact same size as Godzilla. <laughs> like, I didn't understand why his head had to be so big, especially if no one's in the head piloting him. And it's, like, remote. I'm like, why couldn't they just make his head smaller like Godzilla and then give him, like, my boy Godzilla's thick. And I'm like, <laughs> Mecha Godzilla was not thick. Well, yeah, Godzilla's got multiple C's on the thickness. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will say, though... Uh, you know, not that this might bolster Shannon's point or hurt it. I'm not sure. Uh, my seven-year-old freaking loved it. We watched it. So he thought the naval battle part was insane. Like he loved it. It's, so that I felt like I'd le- I'm leading him down a good path there. <laughs> I, I I might fire up Pacific Rim next. A Pacific Rim I can get behind. That's a good movie. Uh, I'll take a good kaiju. That's it a good kaiju movie. Just as stupid. It yes, but it is a lot better. I feel in the kaiju department. Like those yeah, I kaijus. I think you're just. I think you're holding Godzilla to a, a different standard. So you're, you're moving the goalpost, Shannon. So with Pacific Rim, it's like Godzilla. The kaiju's I feel like are more memorable. Like, the mm-hmm. monster, that they're more unique, they're more whatever, they're not just kind of, like, generic CG, like, and they are in Pacific Rim. But what Pacific Rim does right is the human story and the actual people doing the, like, is better and actually makes more sense. And the way it's merged with the kaiju is, like, that's actually more entertaining to follow the human story than in any of the mm-hmm. Godzilla movies. The human story always kind of sucks. I, mean, that's I, I also point. like how in Go- I also like how in Godzilla they totally like gloss over the fact that 
uh, Apex apparently had a Hollow Earth transport tunnel system built. Where it's like, oh yeah, we're just shipping the shipping container from Florida to Hong Kong through the planet. Like, wait, what? You're doing what now? Like, hold on. And they're just like, but they act like that's just like standard. They're like, oh yeah, you know, just normal shipping. Wait, what? Huh? What? <laughs> yeah, like what purpose did they serve? Like, I mean, like that. They, they pissed Godzilla off. That was their purpose. Yeah, I know that was Apex's job, but I'm talking about, like, the truth seeker. Like, what's his name? Like, the the dude who had the podcast and, like, Millie Bobby Brown's character yeah. and the dude from Deadpool. Like, they should have gotten eaten by Mechagodzilla or stepped on or something. We'll see. Room. And I, I love, and I'll say it again, like, I love uh, Poster Boy. Like, his... Yeah. Like, his part was awesome. I did not need Margaret Robbie or the other kid. They were just an ends to a means to get him, like, to Japan. <laughs> that was, like, their goal. And then, and, of and course, I, Margaret Robbie's dad was useless. Like, I was like, his role was the most asinine thing well, in this movie. I, I, I like that you now confuse Millie Bobby Brown and Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know names. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than Shannon like, like a... Jordan Justin. Yes. Is it though? Well, I mean, is it? When Harley Quinn showed up and fought Godzilla, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> Hit him with the mallet. Yeah. Got him with the mallet. Okay, well, now, we can but... move off. <laughs> now I kind of want to see that movie. Um, <laughs> I guess we can get off Godzilla Corner uh, because I'm sure people are yelling at us to move on at this point. But, um, Justin, why don't you walk us through uh, the Nintendo Indie World Roundup that happened last week? Saw yes. some interesting things. Yeah, so we had our Nintendo. We not we didn't get you know an actual Nintendo Direct, but we did get the Nintendo Indie World Direct, and uh, we saw some stuff that we've seen before, but we got some new stuff. Some stuff that I actually was looking forward to, such as Fez, which was a surprise announcement. That was the uh, hit game of almost 2014. nine. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, it came out like nine years ago. I think they said yeah. it was like it released like just before the uh, nine-year anniversary. But um, some other interesting stuff also like came out, and they did that day. Like um, I also picked up, which I'm going to talk about in the games we've been playing, but. Uh, it's called uh, There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension. I picked that up. Oh, cool. So I'm excited to talk about that. And we got to see more uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I know we were talking about not mm-hmm. too long ago when they initially announced and stuff. And, of course, it looks great. And let's see what else we have. Yeah, th- there was some other, um, like House of the Dead is coming. At the very end, their big announcement was... Um, uh, Oxenfree 2, which was a yes. uh, big indie game that came out. I think that came out like seven years ago or something like that, too. That came out a while ago. And I knew Ollie Ollie game, too. Ollie Ollie World, which looks crazy. Like the original Ollie Ollie 1 and 2 were 2D kind of skateboarder games. And this mm-hmm. one's kind of a, it's 3D, but it's the like, you know, two and a half D style kind of looks more open world-ish, like with the level design and stuff. So I'm pretty excited for that, too. 
We, uh, yes, I thought it was funny that there was Ollie Ollie and Oxenfree, both in this uh, <laughs> Nintendo Direct. But the, um, what was the one? There was one I'm looking for that I thought looked super interesting. Uh, oh, the Aztec Forgotten Gods one? Mm. That, looked, that looked pretty sweet. I am I'm, I'm can't tell what type of game it is necessarily, but the art style was like super, super grabbing. And it looked like, like it almost looked uh, like a 2D Prince of Persia type of type of game, a lot of parkour and running and flying around and stuff like that. But yeah, I was like Skull the Hero Slayer looked kind of interesting too. Looked very uh ho- kind of Hollow Knight ish. Yeah, yeah. And, but the whole thing is like you're the villain trying to take out all the heroes. You yeah, know, like instead of like power ups, you basically mm-hmm. just put on a new head. <laughs> Seemed like a cool thing. I'm I'm curious about the House of the Dead remake. Like, is that something that's going to hold up at all? You know, um, I'm 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 interested if that's cheap. I'll probably get it because I like House of the Dead. But all in all, I thought it was a pretty strong showing. And hey, if you haven't played Fez, now's your chance. You can finally get Fez on your switch. And see what all the fuss was about eight years ago. <laughs> That's the that's the thing that's crazy to me is the amount of games that came out so long ago that they're releasing as like independence now on the Switch, you know. Like, What's yeah. funny too is I uh, I today I also I rewatched indie game the movie and stuff because sometimes mm-hmm. I'll put it on the background working and stuff and that has Phil Fish and stuff while he's working on Fez, and it's funny because it like at the end of the movie it's like you know oh like Fez is gonna planning to come out like the following year. And then Fez really came out three years later after they yeah. filmed Indie Game the movie. <laughs> and, and and Justin sheds a tear and he's like, it's so relatable. I, uh, um, I was like, I wish I got a grant from the fucking Canadian government for like $500,000 to work on it. Well, you just need to move. See? That's that's all. Pull up, pull up stakes. Get get yourself to the Great White North, Justin. <laughs> Uh, the one the one game I'm waiting to see reviews on if it's good or not is the longing because that's one where I'm like that could be really cool or super boring and I don't know which which it's gonna be so um I looked it up because I was also interested mm-hmm. on it and uh, it came out on Steam originally before on switch and stuff so it's been uh, out okay. on Steam and stuff for a while and it has overwhelmingly positive reviews. But it's one of those where a lot of people, it's like either you're going to love it or you're going to kind of, I guess, beat this. Because the whole thing is it takes place over like 400 days in real time. Yeah, and the clock's like, and the clock's always ticking, right? Like even when you're not playing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the clock's always running and it's like there's stuff to do while you wait. But it's kind of one of those where it's like, I guess you get you get back what you put into it kind of stuff. Like there's stuff to walk around and do and explore like while you wait, but it's more an experimental game in the sense that, you know, it's like running the time and then you're kind of just waiting for the actual payoff of the King coming back. But the art style is what kind of drew me. It reminds me kind of of like tarot card art, like old school tarot cards. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was like, man, I was like, I love this art style. Yeah, it's it was it was a cool showing, but like I kind of agree with you that there weren't any showstoppers. You know, there wasn't any well, like, oh crap. 
Yeah, I thought the last big reveal was going to be a Silk Song, the next Hollow Knight. Yeah. And when it was Auction Free 2, I'm like, that's cool. I'm like, but I don't think that's what people were waiting for. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, should we go into a little what we've been playing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so because I had my whole PS5 debacle, I uh, my kid wanted to get a new game off of Steam called Animal Revolt Battle Simulator which is another one of those, like, you know, you create units and throw them down on a plane and then they fight and <laughs> you see what the crazy things you can make. And and I will say that game is fucking nuts. Like, hey, do you want to take a T-Rex and slap some missile launchers on that son of a bitch and have it fight a Hydra that has buzz saws for heads? Like, <laughs> you can do it. Like, it's... And, like, it's, it's kind of rad. I wasn't playing it, but I was watching it play it. But while I was getting that, I was looking at what they had for sale on Steam, and a game caught my eye, because I've been in the mood to play another survival game. I'd I'd gone through a survival phase and uh, ducked out of it after a little while, and then, uh, so my son watches all these videos on YouTube all the time. He was watching, like, The Raft and a couple other ones, and I, I was... Got, got me got me thinking, like, ah, good survival game. I, I, I would like to pick up one that... And one was on a uh, sale on Steam and it was eight bucks and had crazy good reviews and it was called The Forest. And um, the twist on this one is essentially it's a horror survival game, uh, not a survival horror game, mind you. But the um, so firing it up, it uh, it took apparently there was a massive patch between when I downloaded it and when. I fired it up because all of a sudden it's like your game will be ready in 48 minutes and I have a hell of an internet connection so I don't know what the hell it was downloading but a lot of stuff basically um, and I, I chose to play single player uh, the game starts essentially you uh, are traveling with your kid and your plane crashes and you you're all, you're stuck in the middle of like freaking nowhere But then all of a sudden your kid is kidnapped and so now you're trying to uh, rescue him and you begin exploring your surroundings and you figure out that like, oh crap, I'm not alone here because what you discover really quick is there's like mutant cannibals in the woods with you and you have to figure out how to uh, defend yourself, you know, make a little shelter. Um, You, you basically have a Bic lighter that you start the game with, but it doesn't always work. And, and I'm not necessarily sure if there's some sort of like, like dice roll that happens when you flick your lighter. Cause sometimes it'll be like, you know, and also when it's dark, it's fucking dark. Like you, you hit the lighter and you can see like three feet around your hand. It's not like you can see well off into the distance at all. But sometimes you'll hit the lighter and things will be like right there. And sometimes you'll hit the lighter and there'll be nothing. And sometimes you'll hit it and it'll take like eight clicks before it'll catch, you know, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, they they do the horror part of it really well. And they're, you know, you'll finish it. I'm not that far in, but there's like some pretty good environmental storytelling stuff where like you'll discover a bunch of tents 
where people were, but there's, you know, it's all blood strewn and stuff like that. And, uh, you can get, uh, but then you can get supplies from there and you can start building weapons and you can start doing stuff. And like, after you kill a couple mutants, this, this part I thought was really fun is you can take some of their teeth and put the, and like craft them onto your weapons and it adds damage. <laughs> so you're like sitting there swinging, swinging like clubs full of mutant teeth at them, at themselves. It's fucking great. But, uh, so I'm, I'm into it so far. It's fun. Like it's, it's a, it's a good horror game, but it's also a really fun survival game. And I, uh, and it's weird. Like I had never heard of it. Cause apparently it left early access in like 2019 or 2018 or something like that. So it's been around for a while. And on the plus side, it feels finished. Like it feels pretty polished as opposed to when I first played like Subnautica, when it was still in early access, it felt like it was in early access, you know, like it was one of those like, Oh, this is just a wall where I'm, I can't go through anything, even though I can see the resources right on the other side. Oh, that sucks. You know, stuff like that. Um, or like, Oh, my sound just doesn't work anymore. That's interesting. Things, things of that nature. I haven't run across any bugs, uh, but I could, I'm I'm excited about the forest. I could see this taking up a good chunk of my time. Um, it's hard to stay on task of like, oh right, right, my son was kidnapped. I've got to get back on <laughs> on the mission here because it's like all of a sudden you're just trying to kill cannibals and craft things, and it's fun. But, but yeah, uh, but yeah. So that's that's basically what I've been playing this week. Uh, Shannon, what about yourself? Uh, so in the uh, same survivalist uh, type of um genre i guess you could say i uh was able to pick up a subnautica on the playstation 5 and i wanted to give nice. that a um i want to give that a try because i remember you saying some good things about it and uh I remember mm-hmm. um uh it was it was getting a lot of positive uh feedback from our group uh jordan uh i think platinumed it and, you know he liked it so much so um you know i wanted to give it a try and see what all the hubbub was about um i definitely feel uncomfortable when i'm swimming in the ocean you know not knowing what's in the deep deep dark uh portions of it so you know i wanted to give this game a try um i like you know how it starts out and like bam you're like right in the game there's no like 15 minute like intro uh it's just your ship crashes like you're on you know this raft and uh go out and get stuff to fix your ship um I wish that I could, from the get-go, like, be able to go and dive longer, um, you know, because, like, once you're trying to get your bearings around you and, you know, figure out, like, what you could take and how the inventory system works, there's not a lot of, like, hand-holding as far as, like, um, like the initial startup of this game, which I, I like um, to an extent, but, you know, in a game that's supposed to be, like, this massive maybe a just like a little bit of guidance if from the get-go might be a little helpful yeah um, I, I i i totally agree with you yeah but yeah i mean like i i chose i didn't really want to worry about food or water so i chose the more like the one where like all i have to basically worry about is air um you know which is cool because like you know you can it, i think it's funny you can just like reach out and like grab the fish if like you're close enough like you just like mm-hmm. hold on to this thing and like look at it um <laughs> But when it gets dark and you don't have that flashlight, um, it gets, uh, you know, tense fast. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, like things have nipped at me and and, like bit me and stuff like that. And I like turn around and I haven't I didn't really see what it was. And I'm just like, okay, this is kind of creepy. I haven't gotten any of like the big like, you know, monsters in the ocean yet that I know are there. Um, So I'm waiting for that 
uh, to like you know jump up and get me. But it definitely has me interested in the uh, the Frozen World one that just came out like um, a week or two ago, or like a, maybe a month ago. Oh, is, is it out? Yeah, uh, yeah, I want to say it's out. Um, oh, because I have, a, I have, yeah, I really want to play that. Yeah, so it's definitely got me intrigued in in that one now. Uh, yeah, below zero. Yeah, below zero. Um, that uh, that's not gonna bode well for my forest time if this is out. <laughs> Just saying. I think, I, th- I'm, I think it is. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something I want to get into. Um, so you know, I only played like maybe an hour or two of that, and then um, you know, my girlfriend was watching me, and I was like, "What do you think of this game? Like, I'm totally immersed in it. I like it. Like, you know, there's some there's equal amounts of tension, but like at the same part, there's like beauty, and like the soundtrack is good." And she was like, "Yeah, it's all right." You know, she's like, mm-hmm. I, "I prefer like more of an action thing." You know, like you know, with your time being as limited as is, is this game? You, uh, is this a game you really want to play right now? <laughs> I was like, "Well, you know, you're kind of right there. You do have a valid point, but at the same time, it's pretty." Um, so. You know, that that's the balance. Like, I like it. The controls are simple. I'll probably piddle with it, like, you know, when I have, like, nothing else going on. Uh, but I did also download uh, another game, uh, Destruction All-Stars. Um, I know this is a game that I was kind of poo-pooing, um, like, mm-hmm. you know, initially when I had heard about it. And um, I'm still unsure how I feel about this game. I do like the um, mechanics of it. The driving feels crisp um the controls are simple um you know basically uh the whole idea is you start a race you get in the car you run and you get in your you know each character has their own specific car that you can jump into but there's also cars that are like littered around the map so when your car gets wrecked and you get out and you're running for another car you basically just jump into whatever's around uh like up on the the stage or if somebody drives by, you can jump on their car and you can kick them out of their car and take it, which I think is kind of cool. Mm. Um, you basically get points for destroying people's car and for running the people over and like, you know, killing them. They do respawn. It's not like they come, you know, it's not like once you kill them, they're gone. Uh, you basically there's a time limit in the uh, in the match uh, for the race. And uh, whoever has the most points at the end is declared the winner um the uh there's no weapons it's basically just trying to outsmart other drivers um you know try to you know get them as they're coming around a turn um you have the option to ram them head on with like a speed boost or you have this option where you can hit the left or the right um on your your right joystick and you either do a hard uh jab to the left or to the right with your car so you can like push somebody into like a pillar and make them like you know like go head on into like a wall or something like that. Uh, or you can like try to flip them or, uh, you know, just do bodily damage to their, to their car. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I like it. It's fast. It's, um, the controls are smooth. Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun playing with like the little like Daft Punk, like wannabe guy. Uh, he was like a, like a mm-hmm. parkour Daft Punk dude. Um, his, uh, you know, special feature or special ability is his car cloaks and goes invisible until you either run out of like, you know, the amount of, uh, you know, the special crystals you have saved up or you actually land an attack on somebody. Um, so that was a a fun way to like drive around and like snipe people. Um, you know, if they didn't see you coming, uh, it can be a little chaotic on the map, but, uh, I think that's kind of the aesthetic that they're going for. 
Uh, all the characters have like hardcore parkour like um, like maneuvers. So there's a lot of wall running like in Titanfall, and it all feels like super simplistic and easy to uh, easy to handle. So you don't feel like uh, the he- being out of the car is a det- is a is like detrimental. You know, I mean, you still feel like you can navigate around and do damage and distract people enough to, you know, get them to wreck or uh, you can, you know, um, get them to charge you so that you can steal their car. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's that game. It's 20 bucks right um, now. Do you think you'd be going back to it, though? Like, or have you gotten your fill out of it? No, I, I go back to it. Um, okay. it's, um, it's definitely one of those games you can pick up and put down um mm-hmm. like you know you can get your fill out of doing one match and like feel good about yourself or you know just get wrecked and be like oh i could do one more i mean like they're five minute matches so it's not like it takes a long time uh so i i definitely would say that if anybody's interested in in giving it a try twenty dollars is a decent price for the content that you're getting um and it's fun all right uh also subnautica blow zero uh releases may may 13th oh so. okay so we've got some time. time. Um, where are you in Subnautica? Like, what are you doing? Uh, so I've gotten, um, I've gotten like a, a knife and a flashlight, and I have uh, the floating uh, uh, air station so that I can uh, okay. run the tubes down, so I can like mm-hmm. kind of hang out deeper. But um, right now I'm like still like bare bones, like just in the beginning. I'm trying to repair everything. I'm trying to basically what I'm trying to do right now is find enough resources to make the repair tool so I can start repairing things inside my uh, pod. Okay. So what you're gonna want to do? Have you? You're gonna want to go back near the 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 wreck. Mm-hmm. But when the water gets murky, stay the hell out of it. Because that's where a big, scary, crazy thing is that you don't want any part of. Uh, But the rocks on the other side of the murky water have Mm -hmm. a ton of resources. And they also have pieces of the ship that Mm -hmm. you can pull and get resources from. And you should be able to get all that type of stuff. Because, yeah, it wouldn't ruin the game for you. But I almost would say, like, pull up a guide and get to the, the... build build the uh uh i forget what they're called but the little like jet ski underwater jet ski thing as fast mm-hmm. as you can because then you can explore really fast and you can take off to all these other areas and the game opens up incredibly at that point there's actually a story and it's a pretty <laughs> good one once you get there like that you get to a place that has a bunch of things happen that raise a bunch of questions that eventually you do get answers to and it it's kind of nuts so it it's one of those things like i understand how you could play it for four or five hours and be like this is all this is all right and then move off of it but if you stick with it subnautica pays off like it's it's good yeah i don't um i think just getting your feet underneath you and getting forward movement in a way that Mm -hmm. feels like you're making progress is the hard part like gaining that traction um like the hardest part for me right now is like the only barrier to me getting the things that i need is i need that i think it's like the silica powder or like the the cave sulfur or whatever it is like it's Mm -hmm. Like the one thing that I can't seem to find. So I, oh, you know, I've been. I'll tell you right where that is. Uh, you know the super annoying fish that blow up mm-hmm. when you get close to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get sulfur out of where they come from. 
Okay. So dr- draw them out of their homes. Mm-hmm. They blow up and then go back. And then you can swoop up the sulfur that's that's in their little hidey holes. Nice. It's not it's not much, but it's enough after mm-hmm. a while. You know, you need like five or six fish. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, they wrecked shop on me like the first time there was like four of them in like one cave and they yeah. just all, all blew up in my face. All of a sudden you're seeing this. Yeah. You're like, what the? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, that's the thing is like I have like the biggest tank I can have right now to like dive down. I think I can stay underwater for like a minute or something like or like two minutes maybe. Um, But it's enough to, you know, keep me down there and and getting I mean, like my my boxes are always full when I come back up. So, you know, can't be that bad. But yeah, I'm excited. I want to get back to it. All right. Justin, what are you playing? So after the Nintendo Indie Direct, I picked up Fez. So I started playing I, which is a oh, throwback. That's hilarious! I said it as a joke, and you were like, "Yeah, I was totally playing Fez." <laughs> no, I I did genuinely. I picked it up because it's funny because I haven't played that game in so long. It's like I have it on like the 360 or something. And I was like, "All right, like I'll pay for it again and stuff." Like I don't really care. And it's just like funny though because I remember. That game literally came out, like, right when, like, me and Megan, like, first started dating. Like, it was, like, around that time in, like, 2011. Um, so it's pretty funny to, like, how long, but it's yeah, still... Yeah, because I want to say, I want to say I played, I want to say I played it on the 362 also. Yeah. yeah, that would make sense. Okay. But it's pretty, like, it still holds up. It's, if you never heard of Fez, the whole premise is you're this little, little white pixel boy and you're in this little village and everything's 2d and then this like you go up to the top of like the village and stuff and then this fez like comes down from like the heavens and basically reveals onto you that like the world's actually 3d and then it allows you to like turn basically the screen see the different perspectives of everything and there's this uh this like yellow power cube thing like explodes into tetris pieces everywhere and this corruption crap that eventually kind of litters the town and causes like these space voids and stuff everywhere and so you have to go around and like collect all the little yellow tetris pieces like reform the cubes and by collecting like a couple like certain doors require like that you have two or four or whatever to get to different areas and stuff but it's really chill, like, the music's great in it. Like, you can't actually die. It's more about just kind of, like, taking your time and going around. And um, some of the pieces and stuff are, like, hidden. You have to kind of do some platforming to get to. Some you can only get by, like, solving... There's a cryptic kind of puzzles and stuff in the game. And, like, maps leading to, like, secret little areas and stuff where you can find them. But it's really cute. And I never actually beat it on the 360, which is why I also got it on the Switch, because I got to a point where it's like, I think I was playing it, and then something else happened, and then when I went to go back to it, it's like, I couldn't remember where, like, I needed to go next, or, like, where I had been, and so I kind of, like... Or what the what the secret, secret language was anymore. Yeah, so it's like, I couldn't really progress any further, because I was like, all right, I was just running to all the different areas, like, okay, there's nothing for me to collect here, like, I don't know where I need to be going, so... Um, so I picked that up, but the other game I picked up, which was a new game to me, it was called There Is No Game. And it's... 
I think it was also, I think it was a mobile game, too, that came to the Switch. And it's interesting because it's a game that's meant to be played in handheld mode. Like, you're supposed to use the touchscreen. You can use the controller Mm. and basically, like, use it as, like, point and click, whatever. But it feels infinitely better if you just play it in handheld mode and use the touchscreen. But it's... The whole premise of the game is basically that there's no game. And it keeps trying to reinforce you that there is no game for you to play. And it's like you're like stuck on the title screen. And then you have to like sit there. And it's like they're trying to like cover up the fact that there is a game. And so you have to like do the screen. Like it's like you'll sit there and like one of the letters of the thing has like almost a little screwdriver thing on it. So you sit there and like bang on it. And then eventually that like falls from the title screen. And then you can pick it up and move it around on the screen. And then use it as like a screwdriver to like get behind like the title screen and stuff and then they're trying to like fuck you over by like okay well now you're at this loading screen but the bar like stops loading and then you have to like use your finger and tilt the loading bar to like fill it up faster and then they're trying to tilt it back and stuff so (laughs) it does like really fun kind of clever like gimmicks and stuff like that and as you go through like i'm at this part now where uh i'm following sherlock and watson and they're trying to, like, solve this, like, case and stuff. And it's, like, you're watching it, like, there's the game. But then it's, like, you're a game within a game. And it's, like, a point-and-click kind of, like, double-fine adventure Sherlock Holmes game that's playing on this TV. And it's, like, there's, like, stickers and shit on the side of the TV. And it's, like, you have to go, like, onto the back of the TV and, like, switch, like, video cables around and, like, get into it. And, like, you, like punch the tv and like break the glass off in order to cut stuff like around so it's like you're doing like different stuff like to affect like the environment and stuff so it's Hmm. pretty cool and pretty um like i'm kind of stumped at this one part so that's why i kind of switched to fez because i was like i know what to do because it's like when you sit there and it's like you know you're too like stumped to like figure something out and you just get like frustrated you need to like take a break from it and go back to them. When you go back into it, you'll like see something different that you didn't see before or whatever. Cause I was getting like frustrated trying to figure it out. And it's like, yeah. I could use the hint system, but I'm not a pussy. Like I just <laughs> want to figure it out. Um, You're like, I've just been staring at this damn screen way too long. Yeah. Just like, trying all the different, I'm like, what am I missing? Like trying to figure it out. And I just couldn't seem to get it, but it's really interesting. I'm excited to see kind of what else they do. Cause a lot of the gimmick stuff they've done, has been pretty funny. Like, one was, like, you were using this old kind of operating system, very remnant of, like, mm-hmm. almost, like, Windows, like, 95 kind of era of stuff. And it's, like, there's stuff in your garbage can that you had to go through. And there was um, pictures of... You, there was, like, folders within folders within folders. And it was, like, a, like, not safe for work folder. Like, don't look in here. And there's three pictures. And it was of, like motherboards and stuff for computers but they were wearing bikinis and then like they mm-hmm. had there was like numbers i was like oh it was like miss japan and stuff and it's this motherboard wearing like a bra <laughs> like it's like what the fuck? but there was like numbers on the side of it and stuff and like in order to get a password into this like protected folder and stuff you needed these numbers and you had to like get the three numbers off of that and then find like some numbers on this like aim profile and stuff to, like, put the code together and stuff like that, so it was pretty funny. That's good. That sounds super fun, actually. I want to try it. So, I'm, I, I, w- I could be convinced to play There Is No Game. 
if there was a game. A too frustrating for. Yeah, I was like Shannon would get stuck like ten minutes in and then just never play it again. Yeah, I well, have bravely default to play that kicks my ass and makes me feel bad about my gaming choices. <laughs> Not as I bad like, as Monster though. Am I right? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot you bought Monster Hunter. How's your Monster Hunter Shannon going? Wishes Shannon wishes he like that game. <sighs> well, I look forward to uh, hearing you give up on Fez. Yet again, Justin. <laughs> For sure. Give it, give it some time. I'll get lost in it again. You're like, I bought you're like, I bought it now. I'm never gonna finish it. It'll be great. Um well all right, gentlemen, are we at spoiler territory for episode five? Mm-hmm. The truth. Let's uh, get into it. If you want to duck out now, thank you for listening. But we are going to move forward into some Falcon and Winter Soldier spoilers. And everything is fair game, so consider yourself warned. Uh, This episode opens and we finally get the fight we've wanted for five episodes now. Falcon, Winter Soldier, V, John Walker. And uh, I thought it was a hell of a fight. I was mm-hmm. I was very very happy with it. It was good good co- fight choreography. I liked uh, I liked the fact that Walker rips his damn wings off, but before he does, like there was some good action where Sam is using the suit to fight, which I thought was really cool. Like the way he was like whipping the wing- wings around and like using them to take his legs out and all that stuff. I was like that's cool as hell, and it was nice to see Bucky get back to like the take no shit Bucky I was used to seeing in that fight where it was like, Oh no, I don't like this guy and he's a super soldier. I don't have to hold back. Like we, I can just go at this dude. And, and I liked seeing that. That being said, Walker was kind of mopping him for Mm -hmm. a second there. Like it was one of those like, Oh yeah, he's a super soldier. But before that, he was like the best soldier the army had. Like this wasn't a pushover. This wasn't a, a flag smasher. You know, like yeah, he was... he's got like he's got like the modern hand to hand tactics, like plus yeah. the super serum soldier, like super super soldier serum. And Bucky's got like like knockoff, like KGB, like old school like tactics going for him. <laughs> well, and, and something I read online because it's been bothering me since uh, since this started was like you know. Uh, we all said it in, I want to say it was episode two after it, when we were talking about that was Bucky ha- g- gave cap those hands, you know, like, like he, he was lethal. Like he was and he was getting beat by flag smashers. Like what the hell? Like what I'm supposed to believe that. But when you consider that that was like mind controlled winter soldier versus this new guy who's actively trying not to kill people. It's got got to mess with his fighting style a little bit. I would think mm-hmm. that was something I, I was something I read where I was like, okay, that actually is kind of believable. I just wish they would have said like after the flag smasher fight, if Sam would have been like, bro, what the hell was that? And he's like, what? I, I can't kill people. Like, I don't want to do that. I, that would at least would have like that. 10 second exchange would have made all the sense in the world to me. And I would have been like, oh, okay, I get why, why that happened now. But yeah, that was, that was the one thing I, I saw where I was like, ah, I wish they would have just digressed into that a little bit, you know, but, uh, 
I did enjoy when they broke Walker's damn arm to get the shield off him. It was like, wow, that was intense. Yeah, there was a moment where it got very, like, trying to get the gauntlet off Thanos' arm, but it was the shield, and they were, like, prying his arm, trying to pull it off of him and stuff. That was great. Yeah. And then Sam just hits the afterburner and snaps his fucking arm. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, break my wings, will you, son of a bitch? Yeah, that whole thing was just raw. And then, um, you know, seeing uh, him at the end making his own shield also was pretty, Mm -hmm. uh, pretty insane. Um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus showing up as like this, um, like, you know, Hydra equivalent or like new organization that's going to be rearing their their ugly heads, um, I think is. I I thought that was interesting because, I mean, maybe. Maybe that made a lot more sense if you had seen Black Widow first, because she apparently she's in Black Widow, and that's like where her character gets introduced or was supposed to be introduced like a year ago. But with Black Widow getting delayed, this is her character introduction, and the way they did it, they just kind of dropped her in there. Like, if you're not a comic book nerd, you have no idea who Contessa Valentina Fontaine is. You don't like like my wife was sitting next to me like, should I know who that is? And I'm like, no, you shouldn't you, like there is no reason you should know who like Miss Hydra is, you know, like at all. And, you know, like there was a whole thing where she was like a long term shield agent. She was like Nick Fury's love interest for a long time. Um, then she's like covert back and forth, ends up being a good guy after running Hydra for years, like kind of like an anti Winter Soldier type campaign where it turns out the government was full of Hydra. It's like, oh, Hydra was actually full of shield. Ha ha. Um, but yeah, like I felt I, I like her as the character. I thought she did it really well, but that was weird how they were just like, because because like I said, unless you're a comic book nerd like myself, you have no idea who the fuck that is at all. And I'm guessing if you had seen Black Widow, you probably do. They probably do a much better job of explaining who the hell she is in Black Widow. So, yeah, uh, let me see. I'm trying to think if there is anything else. Uh, what do you think is in the box? Do you think it's a new suit for Falcon or do you think it's uh, Captain America outfit for him? Oh, yeah, it's definitely got to be his Captain America suit. I'm, I'm in agreement with Justin. I think it's a Captain America suit. And my guess is it's going to be like Black Panther style where... Maybe it absorbs kinetic energy and he's able to deal it out like the panther suit does, because that would help him level the playing field against superpowers. Um, I'm assuming his suit's going to kind of look like a mix between Captain America and Falcons. And like you mm -hmm. said, but with like the the kind of Black Panther kind of suit style and stuff mixed into it, the Wakanda style. Yeah. So you think he's going to ditch the wings and he's just going to be like full on like Captain America, like with the shield now? Or do you think he's going to have the shield and the wings? I mean, I felt like they pretty much established that like he basically gave up the wings for the shield when he gave the wings to the one dude. So I think they're kind of setting up. Yeah, the fact that Taurus is going to become Falcon now and that he's going to become he's finally going to step up to the mantle as Captain America. Yeah. I felt that was really symbolic when he was like, no, you keep them. And then he walks away with the shield. It was yeah. one of those, like, that was the moment where it's like, I'm picking up the mantle of Captain America. I'm leaving the Falcon behind. 
literally, you know, like we're we're doing this. Yeah, because this episode went like a lot of places, especially with like the whole kind of like race stuff mm-hmm. going on with like the war crimes and like how mistreated like black people are and were and about yeah. how they wouldn't ever let a black person be Captain America and stuff. And I was like, damn, I was like, this went some places. But I also thought they did a good job of establishing why Isaiah Bradley feels that way. Mm-hmm. But they also conversely really did a good job of showing why Sam doesn't feel yeah. that way. And, 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 and I thought establishing that conflict for Sam though, was, was a really good move. It was like, like you can tell that gave him pause. Like, is this something I want to do? Like Isaiah Bradley's right. Like everything that happened to him is totally fucked. And there's no justification for any of it. Is this something I want to like, take up this mantle but i think ultimately it was more about the you're, you're taking up the, the mantle of like the message not of the country if that makes sense you know and and i think that that's kind of where sam got to cool so how do you think this pans out with one episode left like he's so you think like at the beginning of episode six, he's just in the outfit and like he comes out and he's just like, OK, uh, we need to bring in this chick um, peacefully. And then the power broker comes out and he's like, "Nah, like this chick's coming with me. We're going to kill her or we're going to take her blood and use it to make more super soldiers because, you know, the, the scientist dude's dead and we found a way to make more super soldiers out of her blood. Uh, you think it's going to go that that route and then he's just going to have to jump in and save the day like and bring Bucky along and yeah like yeah. how do you think this plays out I mean so my theory is kind of like I feel like it's all going to come to a head where everybody's going to be at the same place at the same time like I feel like power broker is going to eventually it like since power broker wants the serum I don't think Power Broker knows that the serum's gone now. They think that Flag Smashers still have it. They're going to capture the chick and bring her to the Power Broker because they want the serum back. And they're eventually going to go to where the Power Broker is because they want the Carly or whatever, the Flag Smasher. And then they're going to meet Power Broker and they're going to try to take her. And then, of course, Walker is going to show up and, like, fuck everything up of them trying to get her, and then it's going to be, like, a mad scramble where it's, like, I'm sure Bucky and are going to, like, kind of break apart, and, like, he's going to go do some shit, like, fight Walker, whatever. Falcon's going to go try to get Carly and stuff, and it's all going to kind of come to a head. Yeah, I'm kind of with you where I feel like it's going to... I See, in my mind, it's like you're going to have the, the open be, like, Flag smashers taking control of the the whole thing, all that going down, like villainous shit happening for a few minutes, and then you're gonna have the dramatic entrance of Sam as Captain America, mm-hmm. and then and then it's gonna be like we're gonna try to talk this out, and and I think maybe if the power broker comes into play, Shannon, it's not gonna be maliciously. It might be offering the the flag smashers a way out like maybe busts in and offers them an escape with the motive of like but you have to work with me to create more serum like that'll be the terms you know 
so I'm 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 curious how it goes down, but yeah, I think this ends with uh, Sam, Bucky, and uh, probably just those two taking on a whole mess of flag smashers. And when the dust settles, you ha- you're going to have Sam being recognized as the one Captain America by by the panel that's there. Okay. That's my guess. Dude, and then what if, uh, what's his name? The dude he gave the wings to, t- Torres, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine oh, yeah, him, maybe Torres shows up. Yeah, that's true. Imagine him flying in, helping them, and saying, on your left, to Falcon. Uh, on your, <laughs> no, it'll be like, on your right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So here's one question I, I had. Um, the end of... Uh, that episode they have the winter soldier uh, and zemo uh like you know a chillin and the uh, winter soldier walks up puts a gun to his head pulls a trigger there's nothing in the chamber and then the wakandans come up and take zemo and they go uh you know he's going to the raft he's not going anywhere where he's going to see the light of day for a while um but i think uh, i forget what zemo said zemo was like talking to the winter soldier saying like um I forget what he said. He like inferred something and I was kind of like left thinking like, what did he, what does he mean by that? I forget what the line was that he said, but um, I mean, was he just, was he just saying like, I thought, you know, you were going to kill me. And then, uh, you know, the winter soldier's like, I'm not that guy anymore. Like basically like who you thought I was, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And I think a moment of showing like, that both characters changed in a sense, you know, that winter soldier isn't that like walking death machine anymore that like, that's all he wants is to kill you. But also that Zemo went quietly, you know, he, he kind of just was like, okay, um, this is what's happening. I'm moving on, you know? And, and I think, I think it showed, it was a quiet moment that showed a lot of growth from, from both characters. I thought, um, I did laugh out loud though when uh, when the Wakandans show up and he was just like ladies. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that was really good. Yeah, um, it was like one of those things where it's like Zemo pretty much knew it was like coming yeah. in a sense. Like there was a debt basically that needs paid to the Wakandans that he has to pay, and it's inevitable basically that he would eventually have to go with them or whatever to stand trial for his crimes. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised like that Zima was as much of a, um, like not, I wouldn't say he was really like a nemesis in this one. Like, Mm -hmm. I guess he was more of just like a henchman, if you will. Uh, cause like, you know, he kind of completed his quest in uh, civil war. Right. I mean, like his goal was to tear apart the Avengers uh, and he said, you know, he, even in that movie, he said, I, I did what I needed to do. Like, I'm done here. Um, so, like, for him to come yeah. back in the series and be um, as formidable of an opponent to a lot of the antagonists, it just kind of seems um, surprising. I mean, it's surprising. But I, I kind of thought I was expecting him to kind of go out with more of a bang than a whimper. But I guess it's fitting for his character. But I also I, I just don't think he's done. I think this was one of those like. We're going to put a pin in it right now. Don't worry. I'll be back. And Marvel seems to be doing this where they're going to put their villains in cold storage. You know, like Agatha Harkness, Nozimo, 
it's like, yeah, okay, they're, we're just going to put them aside for right now. He's on the raft, so we know right where he is whenever we need him, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I will say this with, with Madam Hydra openly recruiting uh, John Walker. Can I get your guys' thoughts on some Dark Avengers possibilities? I mean... I love Dark Avengers, so it, yeah. she's no Norman Osborn. No, but I would I would still take a Dark Avenger. I don't know who else they would recruit. I mean, well, you know, Zemo was part of the Thunderbolt. Well, he was the start of the Thunderbolts, mm-hmm. and then U.S. Agent like took over the Thunderbolt program after Secret Invasion or mm-hmm. something, right? Yeah, so. You've got two of the two of them right there, and I mean it's not it's not that big of a stretch to start getting like Ragnarok involved and stuff. It's like which is uh, a clone of Thor that yeah. was a key play, player in like throughout Civil War and stuff in the comics. So I mean, I'm just saying they're laying some groundwork. I could see it happening. Maybe maybe we're two or three years away, but I think we could get to a Dark Avengers storyline. I think that's if anything, it'll be in like the next phase, like not the phase that like okay. Mar- Marvel's currently in. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we'll see what they have in the barrel, like once this uh, once this current phase is done. You know, we'll see what they want to scrape up and be like, well, let's throw this against the wall and see if it sticks. Sure. And also, let's see how successful Suicide Squad movie is. Hey, it's like Marvel's version of it. Um, last thought, so I I really felt this was the like character building episode that this series really needed because every everyone got their their shine in this episode you know like it was the it was the the episode that saw us like oh this is how sam and bucky like are growing together as friends and as partners and this is how this is going to work oh this is john walker and actually he got done real dirty by the U.S. government, and he was absolutely correct. All he did was what they made him do. Like, they they built that monster, and then now you're taking away all this stuff. Like, taking away the man's benefits? Come on. Like, that seems harsh. Well, yeah, that's like, just like she said. She was like, dude, like, you honestly didn't do anything wrong, and they wouldn't even care. It's just you were filmed doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was what happened. Exactly. And it's like... So to have that all go down and you're watching a supervillain get made in front of your eyes, essentially, it was really, it was just a really strong episode. And and sure, I thought it was going to be way more action heavy and it started out with a great fight. But by the end of the episode, I was super happy with it. I thought it was absolutely like, oh, this is the character development that we have needed this entire time. Cause that was the piece for me that was missing. It was just like, we hit the ground running with all of these characters and you better do the reading and catch up if you want to know what's happening here. And, and they seem to kind of realize that along the way. And we're like, okay, we need to, we need to catch everyone up to where we're going. And, and I felt they did that really well. So yeah, it was like a Sam and Bucky playing catch with the shield talking and stuff. Yeah. Was one of my favorites. Oh, and I thought it was a great line. I mean, sure, it was a little heavy handed, but I thought it was a great line of like, you're not making amends, you're avenging. Like, you're doing all this stuff for you. 
you're not doing any of this stuff for anyone else, like to make them feel better. You're trying to do it to make yourself feel better. And that's why it's not working, you know? And I thought it was a really good, it was just a laid out really well. And you kind of saw that light bulb go off for Bucky in a sense. And I was just, yeah, it was, it was a really cool scene. Just them just shooting the shit, throwing a shield. Shannon, any thoughts? No, it's like, I just, I just wish the last three episodes were like, I wish it started from like, you know, somewhere in the middle there, you know, mm-hmm. like th- those first two episodes were really hard to get through. And now that I'm invested, I don't want next week to be the last episode. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it ends with a banger. Mm-hmm. Leave us wanting more, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess that is the show for the week. And, uh, Justin, why don't you go ahead and take us out of here? You know what, guys? Thank you, guys. For right up on to... the mic like that? I did, Jeez. dude. I, like, blew <laughs> into it. I mean, now <laughs> I, I know what... why he dusts his microphone off before we start every episode. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't, don't worry. We all saw it, Justin. We know what you were doing. Jeez. Yeah, dude, I, I think I even got a little bit of dog hair in my mouth from, uh, <laughs> on the little <laughs> foam cover on the microphone here. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening to another episode of that pixel life if you want to discuss episode five of falcon winter soldier further any more spoilers you got some theories on how you guys think the last episode's gonna go let us know in the spoiler section on the discord feel free to join we also have some general video game discussion and other fun stuff going on over there and give us a review on itunes if you listen to us on itunes It'll help out the show. Let us know what you think. Also, listen on Spotify and anywhere else podcasts can be listened to. And uh, Shannon, if Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? I think Robbie would say, hey, guys, King Kong vs. Godzilla is really a bad movie. He and, would not uh, say that. No, great. I guarantee you Robbie <laughs> would not say that. Yeah. You're a lie. That's it. I'm never asking Shannon what Robbie would say. Again. I gave you a shot and you blew it. Uh, blew it or nailed it. Blew it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs>